Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 529 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB coming at you solo dolo on this episode. Just got done watching the Phillies unfortunately lose the third game of the series against the Houston Astros on Sunday Night Baseball, but they won the series, so that's what matters. We're going to dive into the Phils. We're obviously going to get into the Philadelphia Eagles masterclass NFL draft. DeAndre Swift is a Philadelphia Eagle. The Philly dogs are barking. And uh, we're going to get into the Philadelphia 76ers as we put our big boy pants on and get ready for another second round series against the ever so hated Boston Celtics. We're going to dive into all of it. But before we get started, Underground Sports Philadelphia is presented by the City of Vineland, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. Shout out to our city for having our backs and supporting this show. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. If you want to watch every Wednesday show, typically live Wednesday nights, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. We're working on revamping our Twitch channel as well to bring more content over there for the Twitch peeps. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and on Instagram at KBIZZLE11. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you decide to consume your podcast because we are there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you want a direct and free way to support this show and make us the best damn podcast we can possibly be, go subscribe. It really does help. Helps more people find the show. Uh, So go to Apple and Spotify, leave a five-star review, and um, hook us up. Let us know your thoughts on the Eagles draft, your thoughts on Sixers Celtics, your thoughts on the Phils after a month. All that good stuff. Leave it in the Apple Podcast Reviews. And go subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. You want another extremely important way to support us and make sure we're taking our content to the next level. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week. 
You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get shorts, clips, live streams, interviews, original content. It's all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. Big thank you as well to Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. But let's get into it, everybody. It is the Philly Dogs. The Philadelphia Eagles 2023 NFL Draft has come and gone. It's brought to you by our amazing merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company who provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly and this podcast network. Official Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch is available at phiapparel.co, including our brand-new design that I created myself, so I might be tooting my horn a little bit here, the Philly Dogs. The Philly Dogs uh, merch design is available. Kind of that vintage late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you know, hype beast kind of, you know, Vintage look with the lightning bolts, the neon, the the grungy look to it. I'm a huge fan of this shirt, and it's even outside of me creating it. I want to sell gazillions of it. Help us push this shirt. If you are listening and you know a way for us to get it to any of these Georgia Bulldogs that are now on the Philadelphia Eagles, if you know how to get it to Nick Sirianni, please slide in my DMs. Let me know how we can hook it up because I want to make this happen full-blown, um, I, I am a huge fan of this shirt, so go get that shirt, go get your podcast merch, whether it's this show or any show on our network, and check out all the awesome designs that PHI Apparel Company has to offer, because with their original designs for all, there's no doubt that you'll stand out in the crowd. Our listeners can use promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Make sure you use that code so they know you're coming from us, plus you save a little cash. phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing and taking us to the next level, so go get your merch from our awesome merch partners. Ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman does it again. Uh, an unbelievable, uncharacteristic, unfathomable draft by the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. I'm going to go through the picks. I'm obviously going to get into the DeAndre Swift trade because that's also just as important. Um, but we're going to get into all of this. So here are the draft picks from the actual picks that the Eagles made where only one of these picks was the Eagles' actual pick, and that was pick 30. Everything else was acquired via trade, moving up and down, moving all around, because Howie Roseman is that guy. So the Eagles move up uh, one spot in the first round to pick number nine with the Chicago Bears from the Carolina Panthers in order to draft Georgia Bulldog Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, best friend with Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. Jalen Carter, he is a dog, literally, like, this past year, 32 total tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles. He was part of back-to-back -back national championship teams, um, bringing him into an environment where he has friends, has people that he knows very well that are going to help him you know, adjust to the NFL life that much easier and that much more seamlessly is such a smart move. 
if Jalen Carter didn't have the off-the-field circumstance going on right now, which is obviously completely tragic, and you know you never want to see anybody have to be involved in anything like that. Um, but you know that, that I think that's a big reason why Jalen Carter fell, and the fact that the Eagles were able to, in any other circumstance where Jalen Carter is not involved in that that situation, he's the number one overall pick in the draft. Outside, you know, he's the number one player in the draft, hands down, and the Eagles got him at number nine. You're adding him to that defense where you just lost Javon Hargrave. He's going to be able to learn from the guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat now, play with his best friends, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean. You're adding a potential multi-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle to the mix on a team that just went to the Super Bowl, just lost Javon Hargrave to the San Francisco 49ers because he got that bag. And now you're adding Jalen Carter, who so many people viewed as the number one player overall in this draft at number nine. That's insane value. That's an incredible job by Howie Roseman to kind of just read the board, not panic too much, not feel like you have to move up. You know, didn't have to worry about Seattle taking him. Didn't have to worry about the Falcons taking him. And you move up, trade with the Bears one spot. You give up a fourth round pick to do it. And you go and get the best player in the draft to add to the defending NFC champions. Then the Eagles are there at number 30. You're watching the board fall. I'm tweeting as it's happening on Thursday night. I'm like, I'm cool with Brian Branch. I'm cool with Joey Porter Jr. And I'm cool with the guy that they took more specifically. Nolan Smith falls to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 30. He's obviously got that peck issue, but a lot of people think he's going to be all right. He was shooting hoops with Nick Sirianni when he went on his visit after getting drafted. So I think he's going to be okay. He was. He, he had the fastest 40-yard dash and the highest vertical among all defensive linemen at the Combine this year. He missed half of 2022 due to an injury from the torn pec, but in 2021, he had a career-high 56 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, 3 forced fumbles, was teammates and roommates with N'Kobe Dean at Georgia. Pairing up the Philly Dogs together, man. Nolan Smith's pro comp is Hassan Reddick. And now he's going to get to play alongside and learn from Hassan Reddick. He's going to get to play along with Josh Sweat. He's going to get to play along with his best friend, N'Kobe Dean, who was at his draft party because Nolan Smith had those green socks on. If you saw that video from the Eagles, incredible. Um, Again, another guy who you bring in, you're going to make his life a hundred times easier acclimating to the pro game because you're pairing him up with his best friends. I just I see no issues with taking Nolan Smith here. He's one of the best players in the draft. He was projected top 15 pick, and you get him at pick 30. You don't have to trade up for him. He falls right into your lap. I love Nolan Smith. From the energy he's been just oozing on all these social clips, watching him get drafted, the Green Sox video, watching the fun he's had with Nick Sirianni, uh, playing hoops and everything, like, Nolan Smith, I'm already, that's my guy. Nolan Smith, Hive, stand up, we're here. Plus, his glasses are immaculate. The glasses are immaculate. I am a huge Nolan Smith fan. I think he's going to be a dominant force on this defense, playing with some of the best in the league on a defense that 
damn near broke the NFL sack record last year. This Eagles team had 70 sacks last year, and they added two of the best defensive players in the draft who are able to get after the quarterback, able to create havoc on the defensive line and as pass rushers and as run stoppers to create opportunities for all the guys who are coming back to this team. I I couldn't be more thrilled with the first round. Uh, it is just a, a beautiful job by Howie Roseman and company, evaluating the talent in this draft, seeing where the pieces could fall into play, and they got the job done. First round brilliance by Howie Roseman, the scouting department, and everybody else. Then we move on to day two. Eagles have a second round pick, pick number 65 overall, uh, where they traded back from 62. Um with the Detroit Lions, or I'm sorry, with the Houston Texans. I'm sorry there. Um, pulling it up here. Yeah, so the Eagles traded 2023 second-round pick number 62 overall to the Texans for a 2023 third-round pick number 65 overall and a 2023 sixth-round pick number 188 overall and a 2023 seventh-round pick number 230 overall. Now, that will all come into play uh, as we move forward. It's It's going to be... That much more important. So, let's keep it pushing. The Eagles take Tyler Steen from the University of Alabama with the number 65 overall pick. And then they go back-to-back because they have pick 66 and they go and take Sidney Brown. I love both of these picks. I think they're extreme value picks. For the Eagles, Tyler Steen seems like Jeff Stoutland is absolutely thrilled uh, to be getting his hands on him. It doesn't seem like it's a foregone conclusion that uh, Cam Jurgens is going to be the right guard. I think it's going to be a battle between him and Steen. I think Steen's a great player, and and to get him in the second round, where I think a lot of people felt, you know, that he fell into the Eagles' laps there. Uh, Technically a round three pick, I apologize, not a second round pick. Steen started every game at Vanderbilt from 2019 through 2021 until he transferred to Alabama. Uh, and there he allowed only two sacks on 469 pass block snaps played in 2022. Uh, he transferred to Alabama as a grad student. So fifth year, comes out, improves his draft stock a little bit. Love the pick of Tyler Steen. Uh, with that third round pick and then going Sidney Brown, which the Eagles got that pick from the Arizona Cardinals because I didn't even address this. I didn't even address this and I, f I apologize for this. Jonathan Gannon. Let's take a pause here. Jonathan Gannon. What an absolute piece of shit moron this guy is. I cannot believe that all of this happened right before the draft, right before the draft opened up. Matt Mullen, quote, tweets an article from the Inquirer. Um, I forget who wrote the article. Uh, so it was, it was Marcus Hayes who wrote the article. Um, so Matt Mullen quotes it with a, a quote from the article saying, maybe that's why Gannon, according to two NFL sources, was giddy at an otherwise morose after party at the team hotel in Phoenix. At any rate, many among the Eagles' brain trust believe Gannon wasn't all in at the Super Bowl, according to two NFL sources. Apparently, there was tampering with Jonathan Gannon because the Cardinals had to settle a tampering issue 
right before the draft where the Eagles sent a fifth-round pick in 2024 along with a pick swap this year to where the Eagles moved up 34 spots from pick 94, I believe, to pick 66. So whatever the math is there, I know math is hard. And the rights for Jonathan Gannon. The fact that Jonathan Gannon, the, the Cardinals have the the plain audacity to tamper for Jonathan Gannon to be their head coach, number one, what a poverty franchise. Number two, what are you, like this makes me even more irate with how the Super Bowl turned out because Jonathan Gannon's game plan in that game was putrid. And the fact that it was because he's getting tampered with, he's giddy after the Super Bowl because he's getting a job, sure, it's a life-changing moment. You're becoming an NFL head coach. But my goodness, dude, you had one job to finish here. You had one job left to finish, and you would have gone out a champion. You would have had a ring on your finger. But no, you're a coward. Jonathan Gannon didn't meet with the media after any of the rounds of the NFL draft. Coward. So the Eagles get picked 66 because Jonathan Gannon is a certified coward, and they turn that into safety. Sidney Brown uh, from the University of Illinois, the Fighting Illini, uh, where Sidney Brown earned first-team All-Big Ten Conference honors last season. He led the Big Ten with six interceptions, tied for third in the FBS. Illinois' uh, game against Northwestern was... One of his best, where he recorded an interception return for a touchdown and a fumble return for a touchdown, helping to snap the team's three-game losing streak. That comes from the Eagles' website. And Brown uh, has an identical twin brother, Chase, uh, who also got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Uh, and their father, Darren Isaac, played in the Canadian Football League for three seasons. And their mother, Rachel Brown, was a figure skater. I like Sidney Brown. A lot, you know, going and watching some of his his tape and some of his highlights after the Eagles drafted him. He's got that dog mentality in him. He's a, a hard hitter. I think he's going to fit into Desai's uh, defensive scheme a lot, where he's versatile. He can, you know, stop. He can play run coverage. He's he can play in the box as a safety. He's a hard hitter. Um, has to work on some of his tackling, but I think to get him uh, in the third round there. Great pick. I think he's going to compete with the likes of Kayvon Wallace, Reed Blankenship, and and those guys there to to really be an impact player on this team. I, I like his game a lot. I think he's going to be very fun, and I do think he is going to classify himself as one of the next Philly fan thirst traps uh, because that boy is always showing his abs. They're washboard abs, and he's a good-looking dude. Shout-out to Sidney Brown. Uh, he's going to be a thirst trap for Philadelphia fans everywhere. Plus, he's Canadian too. I, I like the the influx of different you know places on the on the map coming to the birds. So adding Canada to the mix is pretty cool too. Then we go to the fourth round where the Eagles made lots of noise on Saturday afternoon. They traded a 2024 third round pick to the Texans for a 2024 fourth round pick, which was number 105 overall. Don't fret. The Eagles had two third-round picks next year anyway, so they still have a third-round pick in 2024. But that pick, number 105, turns into another Georgia Bulldog. Kelly Ringo, corner uh, from the University of Georgia, a guy who a lot of people viewed as a first-round talent, um, just like Jalen Carter, just like Nolan Smith. Ringo has two college football national championship rings. He started all 15 games for the Bulldogs in 2022, 
led the team with seven pass breakups, and in 2021, he intercepted a pass and returned at 79 yards for a touchdown to secure Georgia's win over Alabama in the national championship game. Kelly Ringo's a dog. I like his game a lot. I think he landed in the perfect spot to learn from proven veteran defensive backs like James Bradbury, Darius Slay, even Avante Maddox. Uh, for him to come in here, I think he's going to be a pivotal part of this Eagles defense. I love this pick so much. And again, just adds that team camaraderie, adds that chem that built-in chemistry from this Georgia Bulldogs squad the last couple of years to now have five guys from the 2021 National Championship team, which so many view as arguably the best college defense of all time. And then this past season where they went out and just stalwarted uh, TCU 65-7. to Kelly Ringo, I'm a huge fan. Um, love the name, too potential all-name team candidate. I've been thinking about doing the KB all-sports all-name team as well. Um, Kelly Ringo fits the bill 100%. I love the pick. I think it's a phenomenal value pick as well for the Eagles to get him in the fourth round, and I think he's going to be a huge contributor to this defense and on special teams. So welcome to the nest, Kelly Ringo. Then we move on to the big, the big news. You know, last year, A.J. Brown was the guy. A.J. Brown was the guy that the Eagles went and traded uh, to go and get to improve this offense. Well, the Eagles, they do it again. Everybody was talking, you know, after the first round where the Detroit Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs, kind of a shocking pick, didn't really make a lot of sense to a lot of people um, to spend their first-round pick like that on a running back when they just gave David Montgomery $18 million. They have DeAndre Swift on the roster. Uh, so the Eagles make the phone call. Another former dog, St. Joe's Preps own. Shout-out to Zoe. Uh, the Eagles acquire running back DeAndre Swift and a 2023 seventh round pick, which was number 249 overall from the Lions in exchange for a 2025 fourth round pick and a 2023 seventh round pick number 219 overall. So just kind of a pick swap in the seventh round and then a pick two years down the line in the fourth round for DeAndre Swift. We're adding Swift to the backfield. The Eagles are Swifties now, 100%. DeAndre Swift behind this offensive line in a tandem with Rashad Penny, with the likes of Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott in this backfield. This is one of the best Eagles backfields we've had in years. No slight to Miles Sanders. No slight to any running back who's been there. But the versatility of these running backs, this is easily the best backfield on paper, in my opinion, since the Super Bowl team with Ajayi, Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blunt, and obviously Darren Sproles was on the roster, but he got hurt. Um, huge fan of this trade. It's a one-year deal for DeAndre Swift. Hopefully he balls out. I would love to continue having him on this team. He's, he's from here. I think that's going to benefit him being closer to home. Um, he loves the city of Philadelphia. I think it's going to be a huge benefit with him behind Jalen Hurts, behind this offensive line. You get some gritty toughness and literally any moment DeAndre Swift touches the football, it can go for an explosive play. And I think a lot of people, especially Detroit Lions fans, who were just like, oh, we, we drafted a new running back. So they were like throwing Swift to the side. They've been throwing Swift to the side for years, which is just foolish on their part. The Detroit Lions do not have an offensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles have an offensive line. The Eagles' offensive line is the best in football, hands down, bar none, no questions asked. To put DeAndre Swift behind the likes of Jason Kelsey, behind the likes of Lane Johnson, behind the likes of Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, 
whoever ends up being the right guard, whether it's Cam Jurgens or Tyler Steen, DeAndre Swift is going to eat this year, and I'm not talking Zeke Elliott celebrations. This was such a power move by Howie Roseman. Go get a local guy that everybody rallies around. Go get another Georgia Bulldog. I love this pick. I love this pickup. This is such a good improvement for the Eagles' backfield. They're not spending anything close in terms of salary cap resources on the running back position right now. For four guys, it's basically costing the Panthers the same to pay Miles Sanders. Good for Miles. Good for Miles getting his bag. DeAndre Swift is a Philadelphia Eagle. A lot of people speculating he's going to wear number three. I think he's probably going to wear number seven, which I'm not a huge fan of the the single-digit offensive numbers unless you're a quarterback, but that's just me. And unless your name's Devontae Smith and you're wearing number six because he somehow pulls it off because he's that dude. Um, But DeAndre Swift, let's go. Let's ride. Welcome home, my guy. And uh, you are a Philadelphia Eagle. Then we move forward uh, to the sixth round as the Eagles then traded uh, picks number 230 and 248 to the Texans for pick number 191. Lots of Eagles-Texans trades uh, in this draft. Uh, And then the Eagles proceeded to trade pick number 191 to the Bucs for a 2024 fifth round pick. They then used pick number 188 to draft uh, quarterback Tanner McKee from Stanford. Um, The QB factory lives on. A lot of people are comparing McKee to Nate Sudfeld, Eagles legend. Um, McKee served a a two-year mission in Brazil before arriving at Stanford in 2020, turning down scholarship offers from Alabama, Texas, and his parents' alma mater, BYU. The four-star recruit excelled as a junior and senior at Centennial High School in California. He redshirted his first fall at Stanford, playing in one game uh, before taking over starting duties in nine of ten games played in 2021. Uh, He served on a two-year LDS mission in Brazil before attending Stanford. A lot of people say he is very similar to Nate Sudfeld. The QB factory lives on, and it probably replaces Ian Book on the roster. which in a couple years with the way the Eagles develop quarterbacks, they'll probably flip him for like a third-round pick, and it's going to be fantastic. So welcome to the squad, Tanner McKee. And then the final pick, pick number 249 overall, the Eagles go defensive line once again, uh, drafting Texas defensive tackle Moro Ojomo. Again, all-name team candidate. Uh, He enrolled at University of Texas at just 16 years old, played there from 18 to 22, uh, that being the years 2018-2022. Um, he declared for the NFL draft with one year of eligibility remaining. He's born in Lagos, Nigeria, and his phone call with Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni was just beautiful. I think this guy is a stud. A lot of people were surprised he was available in round seven. Um, so to get Moro Jomo at pick number 249, I think he could be a contributor. I think, you know, if, if somehow... Some way he, he can make his way onto the roster. I'm certain he's going to make it on the practice squad. And uh, I could see Moro Jomo getting some playing time here and there. I think he's a very talented player. And uh, I think the Eagles absolutely crushed this draft. This is an A plus draft for me. This arguably on paper might be Howie Roseman's best draft of all time. It remains to be seen. I think, obviously, 2018 was a, a phenomenal draft as well with Goddard, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, Mylotta. Um, 
But this draft, on paper, along with the addition of DeAndre Swift, is a home run, slam dunk, put it on the board, A-plus draft from Howie Roseman. Couldn't be more thrilled. Let's go. Go get your Philly Dogs merch as well. And uh, the Birds are flying high. And Howie Roseman said, you know, it doesn't feel like this team is complete either. Maybe they go trade for Buda Baker. Who knows? Who knows? The Eagles have plenty of draft capital over the next two years. Um, this team is far from complete. And um, I'm just very excited with how the draft turned out. It was a slam dunk of a draft by Howie Roseman and company. Um, so kudos to Howie, kudos to Nick Sirianni, and congratulations to all the draft picks uh, for every team. It's a huge honor to get drafted into the NFL. The Eagles are also signing a bunch of UDFAs. They signed a punter who I think is going to be our punter next year, which is great. Um, so let's keep it pushing. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go, dogs. And uh, welcome to these new players to the Philadelphia Eagles. Very, very excited. And uh, to break them down more in depth, hopefully uh, next week, we're going to be joined by my good friend and college football junkie, writes for Bleeding Green Nation, Ben Natan. Uh, we're working on getting Ben on the show next week to kind of break down all these picks, his thoughts on everything. Um, very excited to have Ben on. It's been something I've wanted to do for a very long time is to have Ben on the show to talk Eagles draft and everything. So. It's very fitting that in a draft year where the Eagles absolutely crush it, that Ben's uh, hopefully going to be able to jump on next week with us. So that's very, very exciting. But from the gridiron, everybody, to the hardwood. The Philadelphia 76ers, everybody. It's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. The official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can uh, purchase it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor. The best light beer on the planet. Stack up for the second round of the playoffs with your Kennys. Or if you're going out, see who's got Kenwood on tap, and that be the place that you go to to watch the Sixers and Celtics. And if you're going to the Wells Fargo Center for some of these games against the Celtics in round two, you can get big Kennys at the Wells Fargo Center. It's that easy. Uh, it's the best light beer on the planet. You must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, guys, please drink responsibly. The Philadelphia 76ers, everybody, Game one of the second round kicks off tonight. As you guys are listening to this, Monday night, 7.30 p.m. at the TD Garden, Sixers Celtics, another chapter in a storied rivalry where Joel Embiid is doubtful. Joel Embiid is listed as doubtful, but we can't count him out. Because there have been multiple times Joel Embiid's been doubtful in his NBA playoff career. Where Joel Embiid has been listed as out in his NBA playoff career. And has been listed as questionable in his playoff career. And he's barely missed time. And in a series like this, I don't know how much time Joel Embiid would miss. But, Sixers sleuths on the, on the old tweet machine zoomed in on some of the pictures the Sixers are posting. Joel Embiid traveled with the team to Boston. He's going to be with the team, and if he misses game one, so be it. Um, but he's certainly going to play in one of these 
two games, if not both, against the Celtics in round one. Um, obviously, uh, Shams comes out and says that the injury that Joel is dealing with is presumed to be more serious than initially thought. Um, according to Doc Rivers, Embiid should be considered doubtful for game one in Boston. Uh, became official on Sunday afternoon. Woj, Kyle Newbeck putting the tweets out there. Um, according to Keith Pompey, this comes from Liberty Ballers, uh, PJ Tucker, the team's emotional leader, the player Embiid called out by name as the type of hashtag dog the team needs during exit interviews back in 2022 after losing to Miami, didn't sugarcoat Philadelphia's challenge ahead. This is the series that we've uh, all been waiting for all year, and for us to not know if he's going to play, yeah, that sucks because we run everything through him. Um, it's it's one of those things where it seems to be the same old song and dance with him being unfortunately getting injured. Um, it, it seems like he did get injured in game three. Um which is frustrating against the Nets. Um, and from David Early on Twitter, the Celtics are big-time favorites over Philly, as we don't know Joel's status just yet for Monday. The line opens at minus 7 with Boston, a minus 330 series money line, uh, which is like 70-30 in favor of Boston. Um, so we'll see what happens with Joel. Um, he's going to play. Like, how healthy he's going to be, that remains to be seen until we actually see him on the court. Um, so, I mean, it's just frustrating that we can't, like, <laughs> lock it in and, and just be ready for a full-on dogfight. But this is, you know, Matt and I have talked about this the past couple weeks. This is where the Tyrese Maxis, the James Hardens, the Tobias Harrises, even to Anthony Melton, like this is where your guys across the board, and this is where basketball becomes a team sport. You need those guys to step up in a big way. We saw the Boston Celtics struggle, uh, you know, in close games and, and trying to close out games down the stretch uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. It went to six games for a reason. The Celtics, since like the All Star break, have had trouble closing out games and, and kind of putting, you know, definitive stamps on them. Um, so we'll see if, if that trend continues. I don't know what this series has in store for us. I know it's going to be a battle. I know we're going to probably have some live streams with myself and Pat Pitts, uh, being that he is a Celtics fan. And, um, you know, Joel just not being 100% sucks because the Bucks are eliminated. You have Heat and Cel uh, Heat and Knicks going at it, which is going to be a dogfight. Jimmy Butler in Game 1 gets injured, so even more injuries stacking up in this NBA playoffs this year. And then you have, you know, Sixers Celtics, and then in the West, it's Warriors-Lakers and Nuggets-Suns. It's such a it sucks that it's just so wide open and I it's truly in my opinion whoever wins this series between the Sixers and Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. It's not a foregone conclusion. That's just what I assume is going to happen, and you know what assuming does. But it feels like whoever wins this series is representing the East in the NBA Finals, 
and the Sixers need to get out of the second round. This is such an important series for just the future of this franchise, for the future of Joel Embiid, for the future of everybody on this team. And they are going to have to give it 179%. Should have said 176, but I digress. To push themselves to get to the Eastern Conference Finals because you're going to have a matchup with a beaten and battered Miami Heat team or a New York Knicks team that they're playing very well but are a beatable team. It's one of those things that like they just are running into the Boston Celtics again. They got to strap in. They got to be locked and loaded. It's going to be a dogfight of a series. I truly think it's going seven games. Um, but man, hopefully Joel's okay. <laughs> like that's the thing. He was he was seen in practice. He's on the plane. He's with the team. Tuesday night, the MVP gets announced, so he's probably going to get honored before Game Three. Um, I think that's when it would be. If I'm not mistaken. So let's see what the actual schedule is for these games. Or game two he would get honored. Uh, because the MVP gets announced on Tuesday. He'd probably get honored uh, before game two with the award. Or before game three at home on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, to kick things off where more than likely some form of Philadelphia Eagles squad is ringing the bell. Um, so we got to strap in. We've got Monday, we've got Wednesday, we've got Friday, we've got Sunday, and then we've got Tuesday, May 9th, if needed, which hopefully, uh, it is unless the Sixers are sweeping, which would be absolutely boncos, but I don't see that happening, uh, because the Celtics are not the Nets. And then Thursday, May 11th would be game six, followed by a Sunday, Mother's Day game seven in Boston Hopefully the Sixers can close it out in six. But it's going to be a crazy series. It's another one to add to the books. Um, so strap in everybody in the YouTube comment section. Comment how you think the series is going to go. Give your predictions for this series for me. If you've gotten this far in the episode. Um, I want to hear what you guys think for sure. Um <laughs> Sixers Celtics, man, what a what a war it's going to be. Um, so we'll move from the hardwood to the baseball diamond. It's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge, our newest partners. A new age of golf has arrived, everybody. And if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further. Then the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course. You need to check them out at WastedWedge.com or you can find them at Wasted Wedge on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's going to change the way you enjoy celebrating drinking on and off the course. More shots, more fun. Go check out our friends at Wasted Wedge. They're the best in the game. Um, they were part of our live tailgate at the beginning of April. And... Um, very, very excited to see how things go as the weather gets warmer with them. It's the perfect thing to bring onto the golf course. It sneaks right into your golf bag. You'll bring it to a bachelor party, a wedding. You're going to be the talk of the event. Wastedwedge.com, and make sure you guys follow them on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. The Philadelphia Phillies win another series, ladies and gentlemen. They 
unfortunately drop the final game of the series, but they win a series against the Houston Astros down in Houston in the World Series rematch. Um, they also handle business against the Seattle Mariners in that final game at home against them on Thursday. Phillies have now won, dating back to the White Sox series. They've now won four straight series. They finished the month of April above 500. They're unfortunately uh, half a er, full game back of the Marlins because the Marlins won on Sunday as well. Um, only a game back of the Mets and only four games back in the division. The NL East is going to be a dogfight, just like the NBA playoffs are. And, um, you know, the way that the Phillies are playing right now is great outside of a a couple instances, unfortunately, uh, most notably Trey Turner. It just seems like he's not seeing the ball well. Um, would would not be mad if he decided to take a day off to kind of just like regroup and reset. It doesn't sound like he's going to do that because media asked him about it. He said, if, if I'm not hurt, I'm not going to sit myself. Um, but the Phillies win another series. They're getting set to go out west. Uh, even further than they are to go and play the Dodgers. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, we got late night Phillies after dark for the first time this season um, going up against the, the sex party Dodgers as so many other guys have been uh, coming on and off the paternity list lately as uh, it seems like there was a sex party going on uh, <laughs> during the All-Star break, allegedly. Um, but the Phillies getting set for that series before they come back home against the Boston Red Sox where – the big news, everybody. The big news came out on Sunday night, right before Sunday night baseball. It is absolutely insane how we, we've said this a couple times already during this process of trying to predict when he would be coming back. Um, but the fact that Bryce Harper and the rest of the human race are the same species is absolutely ridiculous. Um pulling up the article here because Bryce Harper could be back depending on uh, how everything goes with his doctor's visit on Monday. He's got a, a he's seeing a doctor Monday morning in LA. If he's cleared, he's expected to return to the Phillies lineup Tuesday night at Dodger Stadium just 160 days. After Tommy John surgery, five months after Tommy John surgery, the typical recovery time is six to nine months and six is like you're a, a superhuman. So the fact that Bryce Harper is five months removed from Tommy John surgery and if he gets cleared on Monday morning, he's in the lineup on Tuesday, May 2nd. The initial deadline for Harper to be back was like mid-July. Like, post-All-Star break. And then it got bumped up to, like, June. Maybe, like, we'll see him at the end of June, right before the All-Star break. Ramp up a little bit. Then it was, like, mid-June. Could be early June. May 2nd could be when we see Bryce Harper back on the field for the Philadelphia Phillies. More than likely playing first base and or DHing. Um, He's a freak of nature, man. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Bryce Harper could be back months before we expected. It's going to make this lineup that much deeper. 
It's going to help lengthen this lineup so much. It's going to make guys even more comfortable because Bryce Harper is looming, and you don't know how he's going to perform early on, obviously. But this makes things so much better for this Phillies lineup who are currently chipping away at that negative run differential, which we'll get into the run differential for the NL East in just a minute. But the Phillies are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've won four straight series. They're, they finished the month of April 15-14, and 14, one game above 500, just like the New York Yankees are, who everybody was losing their minds after the Phillies lost that series to the New York Yankees early in the year to go 1-5 and five to start the year. How you doing? Keep it moving. Phillies are going to be fine, guys. You got to remember, Bryce Harper is not back yet. You got to remember, Reese Hoskins is not going to be back until the playoffs. <laughs> Derek Hall is not going to be back till June. Ranger Suarez has not thrown a pitch for this team in 2023. There's still so many pieces that the Phillies are working on getting back into this lineup that for them to have survived the month of April, gone above 500, have now won four series in a row, that's all that matters in regular season baseball. You win two out of three. Two out of three. You win two out of every three games. You win three out of every four. You split a a four-game series here and there. You're looking good for yourself. Okay? Division standings right now, the Atlanta Braves are 18-9. and They have a doubleheader against the Mets on Monday. So there's going to be two games between those two teams. The Mets could fall to 15-14 and by the time the Phillies are playing uh, out in L.A. And then if the Phillies win, they could jump the New York Mets and be in second place in the division. And then how we doing, doom bringers? The Mets are 15-12. and uh, The Marlins are 16-13. and Phillies are 15-14. and The stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, are 10-17. and the NL East run differential, though, is where it's getting pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Um, NL East run differential brought to you by our friends over at Trophy Smack. They're the best in the game, guys. There's no better way to upgrade your fantasy smack talk than with our friends at Trophy Smack. Maybe your needs are far more simple and you just want a badass trophy cup fit for a king or queen. They've got those. They've got blinged out championship rings, custom championship title belts, They've got metal wall art called Wall Smack. They do all the engravings. Trophy Smack is there for you. Wall Smack is vibrantly colored wall art printed on sturdy stainless steel with a wall-safe magnetic mount. Customize a -a one-of-a-kind piece or find the perfect representation of your win created by one of Trophy uh, Trophy Smack's amazing in-house artists. So go ahead, be the architect of your own awesomeness. Level up celebrating life's Celebrating life's greatest moments with Trophy Smack today. Go to trophysmack.com slash underground to upgrade your fantasy smack talk today. That's trophysmack.com slash underground. Link is in the description and in the show notes on audio. Shout out to Trophy Smack for upgrading our fantasy smack talk. My fantasy football league I've been in for a decade now. We just upgraded our trophy with our friends at Trophy Smack. You can do the same. trophysmack.com slash underground. The NL East run differential is looking a little sum-sum like this, everybody. The Atlanta Braves, like I mentioned, at 18-9, have a plus 43 run differential. Most runs scored in the NL East with 138 and only 95 runs against. The New York Mets, Lowell Mets, uh, at 122 runs scored, 114 runs against, only at a plus 8, and they are now the third most runs scored in the NL East. The Miami Marlins are 16-13, and 13. They've scored 99 runs, still haven't eclipsed 100 runs yet. 
uh, and have had 134 scored against them for a negative 35 run differential, but they've won four straight. The Philadelphia Phillies, our Phillies, have scored 126 runs this season, sitting in second place in terms of runs scored in the NL East uh, this year so far. Have 130 runs against for a negative four. They're chipping away, everybody. It's that much closer to a positive run differential for the Fightins. And then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, in the basement, 104 runs scored, 130 runs against for a minus 26 run differential. Highest run differential in baseball. Still those Tampa Bay Rays at plus 103. The Oakland A's with the worst in all of baseball at negative 117. Pittsburgh Pirates have the best run differential in the National League at plus 48. We'll see what happens, you know, with the Phillies and Dodgers. Uh, I did get a, a tweet come across the timeline right before I started recording. Uh, it came out on Sunday, like early morning, uh, our time from Juan Toribio. He's the Dodgers beat reporter for MLB.com. Um, the Dodgers are calling up number four prospect Gavin Stone. He'll be flying to Los Angeles, and the plan is for him to start Wednesday against the Phillies. Um, Stone impressed everyone this spring and has pitched much better his last two starts in AAA after a slow start. So the Phillies are getting to pitch against a, a, a prospect um, on Wednesday at 4.10 p.m. start time there on Wednesday. So hopefully they can take advantage of that. I think the pitching matchups are out um, for that series so far because it starts on Monday, so everything should be lined up. I think Taiwan Walker is starting for the Phillies. Yes, it'll be Taiwan Walker versus Tony Gonsolin. I think this is Gonsolin's first start coming off the injured list um, on Monday night, followed by Matt Strom versus To Be Determined, and then it'll be Aaron Nola versus Stone, um, Gavin Stone, on Wednesday at 4.10 before the Phillies have a travel day on Thursday, come home to play the Boston Red Sox for three, and then a day off because I think there's a travel day for the Blue Jays as they come in for two before the Phillies go back out west to take on the Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Giants. And then they come back home to play the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. And then the NL East gauntlet kicks up as they have three straight series against the NL East on the road, four on Memorial Day weekend against the Atlanta Braves, three against the Mets, and then three against the Nationals before they come back home. So that's where the, the series are going to be super important there is to win those games, obviously. But the Phillies are playing good ball right now. They're, you know, they're seeing the ball well. They're pitching well. The bullpen has been phenomenal. Um, Trey Turner just needs to <laughs> slow things down a little bit for himself. Um, Nick Castellanos has been fantastic. Brandon Marsh is still unbelievable. And Cody Clemens, out of nowhere the last couple days, he just loved hitting in Houston. Two home runs for Cody Clemens. He hit one on Sunday Night Baseball that was a home run only at Minute Maid Park. Uh, it was a one out of 30 opportunity there for him. So thankfully he hit it there. And Mundo Sosa hit a ball that would have been a home run, I think, in like 17 parks, but it didn't go out. So the baseball gods giveth, the baseball gods taketh away. Um but the Phillies are playing good ball right now. I'm, I'm very intrigued with what I've been seeing as the season has progressed. All the doom bringers, all the people who declared the season over, uh, 
after the the second series of the season when the Phillies were one and five. How you doing? How's it going? I would like to speak to you. How you feeling about the Phillies now? I think things are are going to be great. Uh, I'm feeling really good about the Phillies right now. I am. Uh, Potentially going to be at that first game against the Red Sox. So if you're going out to Phil's Red Sox on Cinco de Mayo, hit your boy up. Would love to to link up and connect with you. Um, I just want to be there for Bryce's first game at home, back from the injured list. Um, it's too much of an important moment to miss out on, not be there in person for it. So I definitely want to take that in faux show. Um, but we're talking about the Fightins right now. We're, we're heading into the first benchmark of the season. You know, once Memorial Day comes around and that Brave series is over and done with, that's when you can assess, okay, here's where the Phillies stand right now after Memorial Day. That's your first, like, benchmark point. Then the second benchmark is the All-Star break. You see where you're at the All-Star break. And then the next benchmark is kind of like two weeks after the trade deadline. Then you buckle up for the marathon that is, you know, mid-August through all of September baseball. Um, but we got a long ways to go before that, but we're getting ready for that first benchmark moment, which is good, and the Phillies are 15-14. and 14. I want to see how the Phillies finished last year. Phillies record by month. Let's see. 2022. Phillies. After the month of April... And last year was kind of weird because there was the delayed start because of the CBA and everything. Um, but after the month of April last year, the Phillies were 11 and 11. Fifteen and 14 this year. That's an improvement. That's a four game improvement. Uh, three and a half game improvement, really. But they were 11 and 11 last year at the end of. End of April, they're 15 and 14. They finish above 500. What were they in 2021? Let's see. If we can find that. Um, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, in 22 games in April, they went 11 and 11. Month of May was terrible for them. They went 10 and 18. And they went 19 and 8 in June, 15 and 10 in July, 18 and 11 in August. September, they went 11 and 14. And then 3 and 3 in October. 2021 Phillies record by month. Let's see. 2021, the Phillies in the month of April, they went 13 and 13. 500 in 26 games. Phillies 2019, because that was a full season. Get a little little landscape of how things went over the last three full seasons. The Phillies in the month of April uh, in 2019, they went 13-13. and 13. This is an improvement. It's an improvement, everybody. Like, they went 3-0 and in March that year because there were games in March. But Phillies went 15-14 to start the season. You can't be mad about that. And even if you want to take... Because there were games in March this year. So, I do want to get this correct. Phillies went 15 and 12. Or 15 and 13 in April. Because their first game was, in fact, 
uh, March 30th. So, can't be mad about that. They went 15-13 and 13 in April. Two games above 500. That's improvement. That's improvement, everybody. Uh, that's all I got for you guys on this episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast feed on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help the show continue to grow. Helps more people find the podcast. Helps more people find all the podcasts on our network. So go subscribe. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia and all of our shows will pop up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes, live streams, original content, clips, shorts. All that good stuff is on our YouTube channel. Any video content really is on our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, which we are currently sitting at 448 subscribers. Missed out by 52 on our goal of 500 by the end of April. But let's get to 500, you know, ASAP. 500. Let's get to 500 um, ASAP ladies and gents um be sure to follow us at underground phi on twitter and instagram facebook.com slash underground sports phi you can follow me on twitter at kbizzl311 and on instagram at kbizzle11 go get your merch phiapparel.co get the philly dogs merch Really want to push that merch everywhere. And again, if you know a way for me to get that shirt to Nick Sirianni or any of the Georgia Bulldogs, Eagles players, please inquire within. Shoot me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, email undergroundsportsphi at gmail.com. I want to get this shirt to them. Faux show. Uh, and of course, Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. Whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Finally, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the, devel the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for their continued support of this podcast. This has been episode number 529 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. LOL Boston Bruins. I'm your boy KB. Let's go Phils. Go Birds. Go Dogs. Let's go Sixers. Let's strap in. Let's beat the Celtics, man. Sixers and Six. Let's make it happen. Episode 529 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB. Until next time, I'm getting the heck up out of here and I'm signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the people's chance.